Steve and I'll be your host. This podcast is about addiction, PTSD, and recovery. I'll be bringing on I'll be bringing on interesting guests to talk about how about their addiction and and what brought them into recovery and where they are now. Um, just so you know, I do have a stutter. I I am in recovery. I do have PTSD, but but I'm trying it. So fuck it. Here we go. My first guest is going to be uh, Mark Mark Hughes. He's a stand-up comedian. He has a podcast called Pulling, Pulling the, the Trigger. He's a, gr- a great guy, a funny comedian. I was supposed to have him out here this weekend to do a live show, but we we're having a massive uh, snowstorm. So we were going to do it here at my place live, but that got kiboshed. So without further ado, here's my first guest, uh, Mark Hughes. Right Thank you. Welcome to North of Sanity. Thank you, Mark, for being my first guest. No problem, bud. So this uh, podcast is about uh, addiction and recovery and PTSD. Uh, you yourself are in recovery. And mm-hmm. yeah, so you're, you're a stand-up uh, comic. You have this great podcast. Yeah, it's going, a great podcast. It's an awesome podcast. Yeah, best podcast. You, yes, it is. It's yeah. hilarious. It's the best you're, podcast. You have great uh, uh, guests on from. Yep. Uh, I had this. I, I had this people. one native guy from fucking Victoria one time. Fucking great guest. Great guest. Great. Yeah. Guest. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about you. Okay. You've been in in recovery for how long? Uh, this is my fifteenth year. Wow. Yeah. That's man. great. Yeah. So. Can you uh, tell me a bit about your 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 background, like uh, growing up and what what drugs you're in, in, into, and just like to, to to give people who don't know your uh, a backstory. Okay, so I found out I was uh, like a lesbian uh, when I was about uh, I, I kind of always knew, but let's say around five and. You know, my, I could my, tell by your, your yeah. Uh, haircut. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, I was, I was like, and then it, it's especially hard growing up as a black woman. So uh, I grew up in Vancouver, BC, Canada, mm-hmm. for the American viewers. It's the, this is the Canadian version. Uh, I came from what I call a middle, 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 middle class family. So not too rich, not too poor. Just pretty standard, right? Uh, both my parents were very fucked up uh, because they came, they had grown up in, in fucked up families, abuse and all that kind of stuff. And suffice to say, they probably hadn't dealt with a lot of their shit. It's the easiest way to say it. Now, throughout my life, my parents never beat or molested me. But there was a lot of other like, you know, like my parents would throw me out of the house if they thought when I was acting up and acting up could just mean like I'm, I'm getting in trouble at school and stuff like that. So they just throw me out of the house. How, 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 what age did this start happening? Around 13, I started getting thrown out of the house, but before that I'd get blamed for like them talking about divorce and stuff like that. And, um, well, that's great for uh, kids mental health. Yeah. Okay. So we had to take a little, a little break. Uh, you were talking about you were 13, you started getting uh, kicked like out, thrown of, out of the house and stuff, and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, and my parents, like, I don't want to sit here and bash my parents too much. Yeah. It's just, it's just it, but I don't want to, this is the thing how I am, right? Like, 
I see, I don't think I should pretend it never happened, but I don't, I'm at a place right now where I understand my parents' humanity. So, and we're all capable of being monsters or I don't need to say monsters. That's, that's, that's extreme. I shouldn't say that, but I don't want people to assume or mm -hmm. to, to say I'm calling my parents monsters. We're all capable of being shitty. Yep. There, that's the easiest way to describe it. So I think my parents just were a bit in over their head when they had kids, hadn't dealt with some of their own shit. All I know now is that almost 41 years old, I can't say I would do better. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Nope. Um, so I'd started using drugs. I started acting out when I was five to get attention at school. I started telling lies and stories and stuff like that, you know, uh, getting in fights with kids, bringing knives to class, tried to set the school on fire. Pretty normal stuff, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, but it was no matter how destructive or antisocial it may have seemed, it was just I was trying to get a feeling. I was trying to get. Ooh, excitement. Ooh, attention. I, Ooh. Uh, I, I understand that. Yeah. And one yeah. of the reasons I wanted attention is because I felt like I was nothing. Yep. And being seen, even if it's for something bad, was better than it being invisible. It's yep. rather, and I always, one of the things I say sometimes is I'd rather be a bad something than a nothing, nothing. Right. Okay. I, I, I understand that too. Um, like, I, as a kid, I was, I was uh, sexually abused. And then well, look after, at you. Uh, yeah, I know, lesbian. Um, <laughs> so like a lot of my childhood is still blacked out. Um, now that I'm clean in recovery, I'm starting to get some old memories back. So I don't know how that's going to go. But I, I remember doing the, the same thing is I would act out and have a lot of rage, a lot of rage. And just to get attention, to pretty much say, fuck you, I'm here. I, and looking back at it going, I couldn't fight then, but I'll fight now. And, and I fought. Like, I would get, I'd get, I'd fight, you know, kids. I, uh, my, my, old, my older brother and I couldn't be in the same room to do, uh, to, together our whole lives. We, we didn't, uh, like, really become friends until one one christmas we got hammered at, at, at his place and and talked about how i'm a mama's boy he's a daddy's boy and you know all, all, all like all that shit right um uh i, re I remember uh, once he pissed me off so bad i took a pipe wrench and i chased him to his uh, bedroom and i fucking smashed his uh, door down with the pipe wrench. I like, I was seeing red. So I, I understand that. Yeah, man. And, uh, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Never felt like I fit in always, a, always, a, a, a completely alone in a, no matter how crowded the room was, yada, yada all yep. these stereotypes and cliches, yep. right. But they're all true. They're all true in my case. Then I yep. found drugs when I was about 13, went on this like, end of the year school camping trip just before we go to high school thing they took us on a camp trip every year as a tradition at my elementary school one of the girls there brought weed took a little toky toke i was like oh wow that feels neat boom and i was pretty i was an i was an addict and when i i, I do it in air quotes because i think you're an addict before you even do drugs Personally, yeah i think it's a pre it's a pre-existing condition i agree uh 
And once I got high off of drugs, oh, and I'd also got drunk that year too. I tried booze a couple months before by like just sneaking shots out of my dad's like liquor cabinet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I got Dude, alcohol. I, I got alcohol poisoning like really bad. I probably should have gone to the hospital, but anyway. Yeah, uh, you weren't a pussy, so you didn't. Good. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my two friends to, had to take school. Like they were uh, sick from school for two days afterwards, and I, my parents made me go to school didn't matter like i got caught i got pinched and but anyway easiest way to describe it is just like i liked the immediate feeling that drugs and alcohol did i didn't have to do something bad necessarily i I could just do it and it lasted longer than the a rush of something naughty or delinquent right and uh you know then you start hanging around people who do drugs you start hanging around people who do drugs and you start hanging around people who do other drugs and do other things and then by the time I was 15, I was hanging around like ex-convicts who were like into shooting coke and heroin and stuff. And I was like, well, I'd like to try that too, please, sir. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, boom, and started shooting coke and heroin. And So, well, yeah. hold on. So the first time you did coke or heroin, did you uh, shoot it? No, I started snorting coke when I was about 14. Holy but fuck, then, okay. But then within, with, within a year, I was shooting it. I, wow. I, I graduated really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I never shot anything. I've been petrified of uh, needles my whole fucking life. Uh, at the end there though, I was really contemplating it. You ever smoke um, crack? Uh, once, yeah. once, just once. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was, uh, it was in Edmonton and it was, uh, I used to go on Craigslist and say I'm skiing. Right. Right. And get, and get a, a girl's over this, 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 this girl had had crack and uh, I smoked it with her once. I was already high in coke, so, so you didn't really feel it, it. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, meh, right? Yeah, so I, yeah. yeah, I, I, I just I like to uh, 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 snort, like, I, and that's when for me I was still partying with it, right? Like I, I didn't think I was an addict then. Yeah, like it was just oh, I'm just partying. I'm doing on on on, on the weekends. Like, like then I was. I was still kind of functioning. Yeah. That's the thing. It, it was a blessing in disguise as I bypassed the party face. I went right to like mm. pretty, pretty degenerate junkie. So, and that, that came in handy later. Now, don't get me wrong. It fucking really fucked my life up and made me, made me do a lot of things that are still paying for to this day. Um, mm-hmm made me i shouldn't talk like no i did a lot of things because of that lifestyle that i'm still yeah. paying for to this day and i'm not complaining about it it's just that's that's consequences of your actions of my actions right um but i was never able it was very difficult i would hear people in because i go to 12 step right i'd hear people in meetings going job oh, man you know sometimes i just really wish i could have a like a cold beer on a hot day with the you know and i pick sit there on the porch and i Oh, wow. And, you know, maybe just have one with dinner. It's like, I never did any of that. I know that's not, that's not even, that's not even a temptation for me because that's not how I did it. Right. If I, if, when I get tempted to like have a cold beer on a hot day, my version of that temptation is I want to find an alley with a dumpster and a toothless hooker. And I want to like, start shooting dope. And I immediately, again, the blessing in disguise is my mind immediately goes, but Mark, that was you can't do that it's like that's immediate ruin of your life right so but to be to to be clear 
for a long time, I really enjoyed being like a downtown east side of Vancouver back alley dope fiend. I was fucking happy with that. I it, That yeah. was fine. And I would go to jail all the time, which would detox me because I was stealing to support my habit. And mm-hmm. it was a great life. I really enjoyed that life. So, so. what what changed? Uh, like uh, for a lot of people who don't know, they can they can watch uh, your podcast pulling the uh, trigger. You, you, no, they should because yeah, if you they want to be cool, right? Well, it's a great podcast, and and you, you talk about this a, a, a lot. So I, I don't want to re- rehash a lot. You, you were you're in, in and out of jail for a, a, a long time. The last time you're in jail was uh, for your sentence for nine years. You did a, mm-hmm. a, a, a seven. That's the the yeah. uh, uh, last time. Yeah. So what changed then? So okay, just to give it some more context, because some people might be watching this for the first time. I was in and out of jail from the ages of 15 to 27, mostly in. And I started out going to jail for like B and E's and like breaking into cars and stuff like that. B and E's being burglary for Americans, breaking into houses, stealing property to sell for drugs. And like the time in would be short at the beginning, like a week, then a month, then two months, et cetera. Then it keeps growing. And the time out of between prisons, between jail stints started getting shorter. My record was six days once I was released on a Friday, I was back in jail on Thursday. And again, jail acted like a detox or a spa because I'd get okay. so fucked up from the drugs. I'd be up for days on end, right? So it's kind of like your uh, safe space. Yeah. It's okay. except, except I was allowed to say faggot. Um, yeah. Because well. I was one. <laughs> get it? Prison rape. Yeah. Haha. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, so rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, but that's my life forever. Yeah. Always. And, and then it just sort of creeps up on you. It's sort of like one day you're like, ah, for fuck's sakes, I've been up for 10 days, man. I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. Then you get arrested and you're like, all right, well, okay. Then your friends who you thought were your friends start doing like, you know, here and there. You find out one is a snitch, one rips you off. One, it's just, it's, 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 it's death by a thousand cuts, these signs. And then eventually, what happened was I got out in 2005. I got sentenced to eight years in prison for a bunch of, for a crime spree that happened mm-hmm. between October and December 2000. The crime spree cons- consisted of like a bunch of convenience store robberies and a home invasion robbery. Mm-hmm. Home invasion robbery is I robbed someone inside. I armed robbed someone inside their house, right? So I got eight years for that. I got I got clean while I was inside that time because I was using dope in jail. And I started racking up debts. And I knew I was going to get murdered in prison if I couldn't pay these debts off. So I got clean for the first time. And it was the first time I ever actually thought maybe I have a drug problem too. I never oh. actually really considered I had a problem before. It was so yeah. strange. Yeah. No, um, I, sorry. I understand that too. Like yeah. I finally realized that a problem when I wanted to commit a, a suicide. Right. Because it, it, I was at the point where like, holy fuck, I'm an addict. My life sucks. I'm dead inside. Why am I here just to, keep doing this over and over and over and that's when i'm like all right i'm done 
Yeah, no, so I, I understand that. Yeah. So I get clean that time. Stay clean inside because there's lots of drugs inside, by the way. Lots. And oh, uh, um, so for, for how how long were you uh, clean? Uh, about just uh, I got out in two, summer of 2005. I got clean uh, February 22, 20, 2002. Okay, so, like so just three and a half years. That, but then when I got out, I was super institutionalized and I started using drugs again. And uh, just I would have been four years clean when I started mm -hmm. using drugs again. And I started by doing ecstasy because I thought I, I'd never had a problem with ecstasy before. So, and I was with this, I was dating this fucking maniac crazy chick. And she said, Oh no, let's do it. She, she claimed that she couldn't have sex unless she was on ecstasy. And I said, Well, okay, you can do the ecstasy. I don't want to do it. And she goes, No, it'll be a spiritual union if we do it. <laughs> and I thought, and I wanted pussy. Yeah, so I caved yeah. and I justified it by saying, well, I've never had a problem with ecstasy before. Yeah. Within a month. I was, I started shooting dope again and I started shooting dope on a Sunday. On Thursday, I was back in prison for robbing a bank on the Wednesday. So no. thank you for, for that because like I've been, like in in addiction at the end i was just by like by myself i didn't want to yeah. be around anybody i just wanted my drugs and my playstation yeah right that, that's all so now like i'm I, i'm healthy again it's like i i want to date now so I, I and i was like i could easily fall in into that 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 trap with a girl going to just have some have some uh, 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 have some wine have a beer have a even though I've never liked weed just so I could get uh, laid. You don't want to make it weird, is what it is, right? And you think they might yeah. judge you, and people say, "No, no, they won't judge you." Yes, they do. People think it's yeah. weird, like they do. Uh, so many dates in recovery have fucking grind to a halt because they just can't get over that I don't drink. It's yeah. obviously it's a them problem. And it's so easy to say, well, that's a them problem. This is women say this. They go, that's yeah. a them problem. If they don't like you, that's their, it's like, yeah, because you can get it. You can get dick five seconds later. But like, yeah, it, it, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to like cry the blues, but it is a reality that we live in a yeah. world where people drink and do drugs. And a lot of people have never met anyone who doesn't drink and do drugs, period. Yeah. And that's even before you get into the part where you're in recovery from it right yeah and so people when they date generally speaking a lot of people they have a few drinks maybe a toke maybe even a line just yeah. that's part of dating right especially in places like vancouver and toronto and if you don't do that right or wrong it bums the mood out yeah right so well, you, I, I had to i had to learn much late when i eventually got back out of prison and i'm skipping ahead here but whatever that's is fine. Yeah. just to be like okay I'm out on a date. She's getting weird about me not drinking. That sucks. Damn. But oh, well, my recovery is more important. And then you eventually yeah. get some confidence and self-esteem where it's like, yeah, it still sucks that she like, Jesus Christ. She's just asked me for the third time. Yeah, I don't even, are you sure? Not even on your birthday, like for the fourth time. No, I don't. Right. And you yeah. can tell it's not going to go anywhere, but I'm still like, oh, well, eh, darn. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I don't go into a spiral of depression or a shame anymore because of it. Yeah. Like for, for, for me, I, I like, I'm, 
outgoing and loud anyways. So yeah. it's like, yeah, like I'm going to be me anyways. Like yeah. I, I like right now I don't need the, the, the booze. Yeah. When I'm, I can still be awkward as fuck and quiet and, and I have a stutter. So when I'm super nervous, like right. But it's like, if, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's, it's that point. Like I'm, I'm on these apps, like, Oh, uh, I, I want to drink wine and watch, watch a Netflix. That's your, for like, I'm like, I don't want that as a, your personality trait is booze and TV. Like, that's the thing it, and it is for so many people it's what just what they do right like i remember yeah. a girl i was just having trouble dating for years after i got out of prison this last time and a girl told me she's she's a pretty honest girl too she's like you know one of the problems is you don't drink and i said yeah but why what does that matter i'm not i'm not preaching at anyone and she said mm -hmm. it's because dating is like often dating is getting wasted than hooking up and i'm like oh yeah it's i'm missing uh, there's an there's a factor in the equation missing and and yeah. a lot of people whether they're alcoholic or not are uncomfortable drinking alone or getting high yeah. alone right so i didn't realize those, that those are non non-addicts yeah non-addicts are uncomfortable doing it alone addicts i can only speak for for me i was more comfortable doing it alone same i didn't want people around a yeah. because I have to share, and I don't want to share. And oh, yeah. B, when you shoot coke, you go psychotic and you get crazy, and it's you don't want people around because you, you'll get paranoid. You think they're the cops, or they're going to murder you, or rape you, or whatever, right? Or yeah. you're just weird, and you, I want to tweak out and be fucking weird, and I don't want you watching me do it, right? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So I want to take my clothes off and rub Vaseline all over my body with a kitchen knife standing by the door, and I don't want you judging me for it, okay? Exactly yeah no so okay so you got clean in prison you got out i got clean september 14th 2006 i was mm -hmm. my first my my is my clean date september nice. 13th 2006 i took my last dose of methadone okay so, so september 14th 2006 i got clean i've been clean ever since and about a 80 the next year i got out of prison again and I've okay. been out ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, th I think this, like, I, 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 I had this, this whole question already I was going to ask, but I think we were explaining, like, what, what keeps you in, in, in recovery, but you, 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 I think you've already asked it for us. Like, well, I can, I can crazy. expand on it. I, I, I yeah. expand on it. I, I stay in recovery because I like it better. I have a life now and it's because yeah. I'm in recovery. I never, I, that's one of the reasons that it was, Using drugs and like, like before I got clean, I had periods of abstinence where I didn't use drugs. And I theoretically, I could have just kept on not using drugs, but I had no reason. I had no life. I had nothing. I had nothing. There, using drugs was more excitement than what I had. Right. I have a life I would lose now if I started using yeah. drugs. Right. Um, what keeps me in recovery is I, well, A, I don't want to fucking use drugs again. Like I don't, mm -hmm. it's not part yeah, of my same. life, but that just not wanting to use doesn't mean you just magically don't use either. There's a maintenance, right? Cause your mind can all of a sudden want to use them. And I want to do whatever it takes to make sure that thought doesn't enter the mind. Right. So I do all my recovery stuff, the meetings and all that stuff. Uh, and I just overall, my fear of, relapse 
is probably the biggest thing, but not that's nah, it's not. I wouldn't say that's the biggest thing anymore. That was for years, but now it's just it's part of my life. Being in recovery is part of my life, and I just I I, I prefer this life to the other one. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to be able to shoot coke. I would love to be able to. That fucking shit felt so good, man. And I'll never say it didn't. But the problem is, is there I I I can't just shoot coke on Fridays and put it away and then like. Fuck, man, if I could even shoot it just on the weekend and put it away on Monday, even if I never had any money, I'd probably do it. But even, I know I can't even do that. Like, it would never, yeah. it would, any any attempt to try and control it would never happen. Yeah. So I just, I'm like, all right, that's not an option. So you can't do that. So, and knowing, like I said a minute ago, okay, I don't want to use drugs because I can't and I don't have control. Doesn't mean you you stick to that to sit that statement, right? Yeah. Sticking to the statement is the recovery part, right? Lots of us, um, by the time someone gets into recovery, they swore off dozens of times, probably. That's it. I'm not doing it again. Or uh, only on the weekends from now on, right? And then- I, I did that uh, hundreds of times. Like, yeah. I, I, don't have, I don't have a problem, but yeah. I'm not going to do it. And then it's like, well, it's too, my, my, mine was all time-based. Like, right. my dealer starts at 2.30, yeah. All right, I'm not going to do it. But then it'd be like, okay, if I get it at 2.30, I'll be in bed by 2. And then I'll get four hours sleep and I can do work. And I would do it. Yep. And it, it, and I could I would justify, justify, justify. Yep. Uh, and what I've learned for me is the recovery is what you do to, to stay stopped. Yeah. So the, the day I go, that's it. I don't want to use drugs anymore. Now I have to do recovery because recovery isn't about just the, 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 the ceasing of drug use, the abstinence. It's about creating a new life where you don't need to use drugs anymore to cope. Right. Yeah. So. You, you, you don't need that, that, well, what I call it, like, I use it to escape. Right. I, 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 I needed to numb everything. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to uh, feel cause feelings are so strong. It's like, okay, I don't feel I'm good. Yeah. Right. And, and, and like, I, I, I went to a, a, a treatment for uh, six weeks and I was like, holy fuck, all these feelings. So that's a big thing, but yeah, we and don't that, that, to... they, 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 those feelings take a while to get used to years. In fact, took me about five years to kind of get a handle on the feelings where it was like, all right, okay. I think it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I'm closing in on uh, nine months now, so it's eight months, uh, twenty days, and it's been like this. Um, It'll be like I've, that for a while. <laughs> Spoiler alert: It will be. No, I, and 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 it's fine though. Like I, 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 I've come to just accept it. Yep. And, and not try and con control everything. Like I was fucking pissed off today because of this goddamn snow yeah you were supposed to be here i worked really really hard working with you working with uh our our, our friend who i i don't want, want, want to name setting up this this this, this uh, comedy show did a lot of stuff on the back end put in a lot of fucking uh uh, uh effort and then i wake up and boom this can't dude happen. this never happens out here in bc either this, I, I, this yeah. amount of snow uh, vancouver it does sometimes not not victoria though this never, no. that never happens there that's a like, yeah. when you when it was snowing i was like ah, who cares but then you're like people can't get out and what did you say they can't even plow the roads properly there or anything no like they'll they'll do the the, the highway but none of this 
not the the uh, streets. So I was looking forward to doing stand up too because I've it's it's infrequent now, right? Yeah, of, and all the shit. So and we I was looking forward to like actually meeting you, meeting you in person instead of yep. our, our uh, sexting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I even have this tank top that I got you. Uh, it's got a hundred dollar. I, I can't see the. Yep. Oh, I can't. Sorry. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let yep. me do this properly. Yeah. It's got a hundred dollar bill on it, and it says, "It ain't just for a rolling anymore." Right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna uh, I'll give this to you here, but alas, we had we had to do it uh, uh, this way. Hold off on sending it to me until I'm in Toronto because I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, just wait. Just wait. I'll tell you what my address is and everything. When I'm not telling you people what my address is because I don't want to get doxxed, you fucking faggots. <laughs> yeah so no uh i i appreciate it for you being open and honestly being my my very first guest uh follow mark i will put all his social media stuff on the des- description of this podcast aren't we going to talk about stand-up oh yes let's talk yeah. about stand-up. sorry let's, I, let's I look at me micromanaging this. i will edit this sh- shit out later so it's okay why did you get in so you're 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 fuck you're now clean yes right why did did you choose uh comedy i didn't it it that's the funny thing i didn't choose it like the way most people do i didn't even know much about comedy before i started doing comedy like yeah i'd seen richard pryor and eddie murphy the big ones big 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 ones that's it i didn't know any other unless the comedian was a huge superstar i didn't know who they were i didn't watch a lot of it on youtube i didn't know anybody right uh i got into comedy because after i'd been out for a few years i needed something to feel i had a job i had an apartment everything was stable but life was kind of like it's too stable i need something to do here And I wasn't, again, I wasn't, it didn't need to be exciting. It just needed just something. And a guy told me, hey, Mark, you need a creative outlet. And he didn't spend, he he meant like oil painting or pottery or something like that, right? And I would have, if I had found oil painting or pottery and it had jived with me, I would have been fine doing that. So by process of elimination, I ended up at comedy actually is what happened. I tried a bunch of other things and I just didn't like them that much. And then I said, well... At that time, I I was using Facebook. So this was around 2013. I started doing comedy and I'd been using Facebook for a few years and just putting jokes up and stuff. I'd always put jokes up and people said, you're so funny. You should try stand up. I'm like, eh, fuck, let's fuck off. Right. And I also thought that my sense of humor was too air quotes offensive. So I thought, nah, you can't, there's no market in it. And then I saw Jason Rouse in Vancouver. Do you know who that is? No. Yeah. He's a Canadian comic who's, uh he's his nickname is the jester from hell look him up sometime just for he's pretty 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 funny um anyway uh he never made it that big in the states though so he's not that well known but he he was kind of a big deal in canada for a long time ago but i just saw him because someone said he has your sense of humor go check him out and he was in vancouver so I got checked him out. He's pretty funny. And he he had air quotes, offensive sense of humor too. And I thought, oh, okay, well, people buy tickets to that. Maybe I'll try this comedy thing just for the hell of it. So I took a comedy class, which was dumb. Yeah. But it got, 
Uh, I don't think you need to take a class to do comedy. And often it's a scam. And in my particular case, the one I took was a scam. Uh, but here's where blessing in disguise once again. I don't, if someone had told me, Mark, you don't need to take a class, just show up at an open mic. I think I would have chickened out. So because I took the class, it gave me the confidence and cost me 200 bucks. I paid 200 bucks to prevent myself from chickening out. It was an insurance policy, right? Did my first set, Mark, May 2nd, 2013. Was meh, not terrible, mm -hmm. but not great. But I had a few, there were like two or three spots in my set that were, I got some decent laughs. And I was like, oh, okay. That was kind of fun. I could do that. Okay. And I was nervous as fuck. And I, I had my cue cards. I needed, like, I couldn't, I couldn't do the set without reading off the cue cards. Okay. Like, yeah. But it, people laughed just enough at the times I hoped they would a couple times that I was like, Oh, okay. I, I think I could do this. Then I started doing open mics after that. And then six months later, I'd gotten, a, I'd gotten, a, uh, I'd gotten better at it. Mm -hmm. It was the first thing I'd ever done in my entire life where I worked at, and I noticed that I'd had an improvement. I could tell I had an improvement. And then I was like, you know what? I like this actually. I'm going to keep doing it. And so that's, uh, in May, it'll be eight years. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, my uh, open mic and yours are completely different. I uh, <clears throat> like I was always into into comedy, but all, it was uh, American, right? Because uh, so opening Anthony, and then I found Berg, and no one knows anything about Canadian comedy. No one. It's, yeah, it's it's it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a travesty uh, uh, by itself. It's a, it's unfortunate, but we could talk about that in a minute. Yeah, and uh, so I was in uh, Montreal, and. Uh, and then I, I like uh, this is uh, with uh, uh, a two a two drink minimum with with Mike Ward and Pen 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 Pentelis and uh, and then there's a, a a club there called the uh, a, a Comedy Nest. Yep. So I went and did an, an open open mic there. I practiced. I practiced in the mirror. I had all my timing down, and I went and I did good. Like I I was getting the the, the laughs. I was I stayed sober. Well, I had a glass of uh, whiskey, like just uh, like an, an an ounce, just to calm. And I I did good. I got laughs. I felt great. And then uh, my addiction once again started. It was really ramping up. Then, so then I started like my my next set. I was a little bit drunk, and then uh, then I'm like, okay, no, no. Let's let's just do a bump BB before we go on. And I'm just doing open mics. And it was just like, no. And then my my jokes went from ha ha to dark, fucking scary dark. Like not so funny, like, no laughs, you mean? Well, it, it was like, oh laughs. Like right, uh right. this is during uh, uh me too, where it's like, yeah, so uh I see all these actresses are getting paid uh millions of, of, of dollars because they were you know, I uh, go, it's horrible. They were uh, raped by uh, Weinstein, but at least they're getting millions of dollars. All I got from my uncle was a blacked out childhood. Right. And it was like, it was like, uh, right. So, and that's There's when something my, there, my though. There's something there. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's, that, yeah. Yeah. But my, my, like my, my depression and suicidal thoughts are going like this and my addiction was going like this and I'm trying to do stand up, and it's going right. So yeah. And, and that's, the, the first time I, I went and actually saw a, a, a counselor and, and all that. So, but yay. 
right. <laughs> gay. That's that's more gay than your uncle fucking you. Gay. <laughs> no, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, that's that's uh when I stopped and I tried tried it again here, but once again I was deep in addiction and the audiences here are way different. And so like even if, if I wanted to oh, oh yeah. Really? i I okay, we'll talk about we'll finish your story. Yeah. We'll talk about comedy in a minute. But yeah, so well, I don't know as well. Like I, I was also in, in addiction, and yeah. No, no, finish but, your story that we can dissect comedy in a minute. Just finish the. Yeah, we'll get that part out of the way. Yeah, so uh, like the, the 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 main open micers, I was like, these jokes aren't aren't like to me they they weren't uh, funny. Like, oh, I was at at my my uh, job at the grocery store, and they're like, oh, how's your day? Oh, I'm thinking about committing suicide, and everyone's laughing and. It's like all like, oh, the, the this tree burnt down. I felt so bad. It's like slam poetry and comedy type stuff. Yeah. And and I'm going up there, hey, I'm Steve. I'm I'm Greek and I'd have a a a a drink. I mean, I'm I'm Irish, so I'd have a drink. I'm an alcoholic. I'm I'm Greek. I love anal. And I'm and I'm uh I'm sorry, I'm Irish. Fuck. I'm Irish and have a, a all right. A drink. I see why the career didn't work out. Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm a native, and I fucking hate paying taxes. Yeah, and, and they're like, oh, like that. And I was getting an awe off that one. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But but you you went, yeah, right. Uh, a sober first things first. Yeah, but I wouldn't have been able to do it like that. That if I tried to do stand up, drinking and using, I don't even think I would have gotten as far as you did because I would have been in the alley fucking behind the club shooting dope and breaking into cars, right? Um, so I'm sober. That's one thing. Um, took me a few years to get uh, better at it, like to get a handle. Because my 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 style was dark or whatever. I hate those t- terms. Yeah, me way. too. But because... Uh, the reason I hate them is because faggots use them to pigeonhole comedy, and then you can't... Then They use it... The thing is, in comedy, often... Just stop using it. Yeah, that's what I do. The re- funny, I just funny. say... Com- yeah, it's just comedy. Just period. Yeah. One of the reasons I don't like t- labels like dark, edgy, offensive, whatever you want to say, is because people often use it with a... With a uh, it's a uh, judgment. It's a... It's, yeah. it's, it's like a, a condescending a, a, a kind of... Oh... He's a comedian, but he's dark. Yeah, like it, 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 yeah. it, 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 it devalues. Anyway. Yeah. So my style was all, you know, I talk about my life. I talk about my life. Yep. And some people, it, it, it was hard for them to, uh, talking about being molested, it's hard for some people to swallow. But anyway, and, and a lot of that's inexperience and you just got to get, comedy takes time. It's a marathon, yep. not a sprint, right? And you, it takes years to get good at it. it, it sorry. It takes years to get adequate at it. Then it takes mm-hmm. even more years to get good at it. Then it takes even more years to get great at it, right? So I put in enough, I put in my time and I eventually just kind of caught the rhythm of it. And, and that's the other thing. Comedy, it, it requires, it's not just a, if you're going to, if you really want, okay, you can do comedy any way you want. If you want to do it a few times a year because you invite some friends out for a party and you will just do a set, you can do that. But if you want to be a serious stand-up comic, I know that sounds like a contradiction in terms, but if you want to be like, no, I don't want to say professional, but if you want to take it seriously and treat mm-hmm. it professionally, you need to do like 10 to 20 sets a week. 
And that's, yeah. I knew that right away and I had to do, and I, I that's what I did. So each set you're getting a, a modicum better, a bit better, a bit better, a bit, learning a bit more. And just over time, you just start getting better. And now, I mean, COVID's fucked my rhythm up and I'm rusty, but I can, it's also, uh, yeah. it's also, but it's a mu muscle memory. If I started doing comedy again, within a month, I'd be back to where I was before. I learned this last year, right? Um, and then I just start feeling out the audience. And now I, I'm not perfect at it, but I, I can tell fucked up stories and fucked up shit and say harsh shit and racism, racist shit and all this kind of stuff. And usually have a good time and everyone has a laugh. Because people who go to comedy want to laugh, eh? Yeah, yeah. Now, they don't know what they want. I, I don't want to sound like a cunt, but people don't know what they want to laugh at. That's our job. Our job yeah. isn't to give them what they, the only thing that we're supposed to do here, let me word this probably. What they want is to laugh. How they, how you get them to the laughing is up to us. Yeah. That's it. Right now. They don't think they want to hear about uncles molesting them or shooting heroin and all that kind of stuff. They go, no, no, those subjects, they might even go in beforehand going, no, those subjects are offensive. Our job is to make those subjects funny because I tell the jokes I want to tell. And the, and hopefully the audience laughs. I don't tell the jokes they want me to tell. Cause then that's not an art form or a craft anymore. No. Right. That's pandering, right now, yeah. but you, unfortunately you can make more money if you want doing it that way. Right. But that's not what I want to do. I don't give a sh I, I shouldn't say I don't care about the money. Cause that's not true, but I care about the money your way. I want to do it my way. I, the only thing I want, the only reason I ever want money is just because I want value put on what I do. Yeah. It's not trying to pay my rent with it, but I don't, because the thing is, if you do it too much for free, it devalues it, right? And then yeah. people start expecting it for free. That's one of the problems with the internet is it's made people lazy and entitled. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, that's a, that's I could go on and on about some of the problems with modern comedy. But anyway, the internet has also made it easier to get your material out there to build a fan base. Well, up until a couple of years ago, now big tech fucking throttles and censors everything. But anyway, mm -hmm. anyway we'll, we're not going to bitch too much. Those that's, yeah. that's for a different podcast. That's for yeah. my podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just joke about whatever I want now. Uh, I don't really get in trouble with audience very often. It happens sometimes, but most of the time people like what I do. I've gotten good at it. I'll, I'll admit it. I've gotten pretty good at it. So... I bomb. Yes, I do bomb. And yes, I have problems mm -hmm. sometimes, but for the most part, I've gotten pretty good at it. And, um, I never, one thing I did is I stuck to my gun I'm, and this is, I'll give myself one pat on the back, but I won't break my arm doing it. I never deviated my style. People always used to tell me you should change. You could change. You're never going to have a career. You're never going to have a career. You'll never make it. And no, I still don't have a career, but I have a little fan base. And generally speaking, yeah. when I do comedy, I'm at least one of the top three performers of the night. And that's just because, and it's not because I know that might sound arrogant to some of your listeners, but it's really not. I worked my yeah. fucking ass off. I worked very hard to do this. Yeah. Right? And, it's, and, and I yeah. stuck to my guns. I stuck to my guns. Right. Uh, Bonnie Mc, Mc, Bonnie Mc, McFarlane. Mm -hmm. um, she, she said something a, a long time ago that I, I it, uh, it stuck with me. She's like, have you ever just, uh, I went to a concert and not uh, heard, 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 heard the band. Like, yeah. oh, there's this band called Metallica. I love Fasco. I'm just going to, then why would you go see a comedy show and not look who, who you're, you're, you're going to see? Because uh, here, there's a subtle, here, music you can go to to party and not actually listen to the music. You, I yeah, can still talk. Well, and also at music, you can get laid. 
comedy can't get laid. Yeah, well, I, I, I find I find the point like it's like you're, you're going to go see a, a person like it's art. You're going to go see someone do art. Yeah, you're not going to go like it's Google Mark Hughes and maybe go to YouTube and check out some of his stuff. People go don't go. That's that's the thing. People people just go to generic comedy and they don't even really research. That's one of the problems yeah. with that. It's people only. The problem with comedy is generally speaking the majority of the population doesn't go to comedy like yeah, did, very is. few people like most people i meet they've never been to a comedy show or they went to one 10 years ago um and uh whereas music lots of people have been to show music yeah gone to, gone to shows that they didn't even know who was on because it's a social thing they were hanging out and you could yeah, still talk i hear what she's saying but i've yeah. just i've noticed like and also i okay i'm into heavy metal it's easier to get someone to go to a heavy metal show where they talk about murdering and rape in the lyrics than it is yeah. to a stand-up show where that's completely like family friendly because yeah. music is part of our everyday life. It's on the radio. It's all, stand-up isn't part of our everyday life. It's starting to be more. And also that's the other thing. Stand-up's a relatively new art form rel mm -hmm. rel like compared to everything yeah. else. It's only 50 years old or something like that, right? So also it used to be the only way you could see stand-up was to go and see it live. Yeah, it's true. There, there were albums and stuff like that, but people, the general public didn't really yeah. have that shit, right? Now yeah. with the internet, it's starting to make it more popular and stuff, right? So mm -hmm. what's going to happen is eventually people will start actually researching. They'll, they'll look, because here's the way the Canadian model works. It's probably like this in the States too, but in the Canadian model, there aren't any famous Canadian comics who still live in Canada. Mike Ward. Yeah, uh, in Quebec, out here, he's not famous, though, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah the, the case has made him famous, though. The case has yeah, made him true. famous. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, but Canadian comics, let's say Anglo, purely Anglo, Canadian, okay. fam any famous Canadian stand-up you can name got famous in the States. They didn't get Norm, famous. Norm, Norm MacDonald, Norm, Russell Peters, yeah. all, you name it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, Anyone who still resides in Canada is not a household name, period right yeah so what and and we don't have a we don't have a the, our entertainment industry is fucking abysmal up here because we're so one of the problems is we're so close to the united states right yeah and canadians have that mike ward said this one time he says canadians are like a small town they don't take you seriously until you made it in the big city the big city yeah. being the states right that's yeah. just how canadians are so the way the canadian stand-up model tends to work anglo outside of quebec mm -hmm. yep. is it's the club that has the um the cachet people are familiar with the club they're not familiar with the comic so yeah. everyone has heard of yuck yucks but no one has heard of the comics on yuck yucks and so the way the the, the model is make people trust the brand yuck yucks then it doesn't matter who's on the lineup exactly. right yeah that's going to start changing though as social media uh hopefully uh, as people become more and more familiar with social media and comedians being on social media they'll become more acquainted with the comedian independently of the yeah. club. Yeah. Which, Which will be great. better for comedians, actually. Yeah. Because when you're dependent on the club, they you're, it's, they have it's, all the power. Right. They can say, well, yeah. we don't want to pay you. And you're like, well, I want to do stand-up. Well, we're not going to pay you. Or we'll pay you a very small amount, right? So. Yeah. As uh, uh, as uh, Aaron, Aaron Berg said in Canada, his agent said, well, you, you can get exposure playing here. He's like, I'm going to die of exposure. That's right.
Yeah, yeah. it's uh, Canada. It's hard to make. A, the only way to make a living doing stand up up here is to like be squeaky fucking clean and be get jobs with the CBC and do like corporates and stuff like that. Yeah, there's just uh, we just don't have a population big enough to, to yeah. it's just, just and our land mass is fucking huge, it's, right? Yeah, so that's all it is. It's, it's, not and it's that, so expensive to, uh, to like it isn't like the, the states where you can go from New York to Los Angeles back to 200 bucks, right? It, it's like 600 4, generally yeah yeah it, it, it for me well, to fly to let's say uh toronto from vancouver under normal conditions about 600 return i don't fly peasant so what do you oh you oh, see there you go he walks <laughs> on he walks on the plane and goes this is unsheeted territory <laughs> <laughs> i fly business i fly business um, here's, how many welfare checks will that be? Um, <laughs> I'm not Chad, Chad Zumok. They aren't stolen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the problem with Canada. Canada, uh, like, don't get me wrong. There's lots of good comedians in Canada. Yeah. A lot, yeah. Of, them are, a lot of them suck fucking are faggots, but a lot, of, a lot of them are good too. Just yeah. they're in Canada and we don't have a, we don't have a media machine here that can pump people and stuff. Right. So what yeah. most people do is they get good in Canada work and on getting their green card and then go down to the states yeah yeah i yeah. have a huge problem with that <laughs> yeah 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 i uh i so. cannot cross the u.s border i told you you have 96 days now fly to mexico join the caravan and walk on in yeah i know that's what i, I should do i don't yeah. I, something tells me it won't work though k k k habla Marcus, oh. <laughs> Maurice, yeah. Mar we, I am the uh, her, I, biggest rapist in Tijuana. You let El. me in, El, oh. rape, El Rapo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, Mark. This has been great. Thank you. I have to go pick up my dog because oh. uh, he should have been uh, in the podcast. You should. We should interview him. Oh, I, I I'm going to except uh. You he know. could be your third. He could be your second mic. I I think I'm going to going to need one. <laughs> also, it'll, it'll it'll be you'll get a, a subsidy for hiring a a, a DOC. Oh yes, sweet thanks. Yeah. Man. All right, Mark. Thank you very very much. Uh, you can uh, catch uh, Mark. It's MarkHughesComedy.com. Right. Yeah. He has a and a fuck. I'll edit this out later. That doesn't uh, matter, you, man. Yeah, uh, his uh, my uh, my other stuff is at Mark Hughes comic. Okay, both Twitter and, and Instagram. Bada bing. Oh, and awesome. Uh, and YouTube is Mark Hughes comedian. I'm easy to find. Yep. Perfect. Thanks, Mark, and thank you, everybody. Konnichiwa. All right. Sweet. I'll hit.